Welcome to New Shooter Canada. Please remember that the show's content and word pronunciation is simply the opinion of the hosts and their guests. Well, I like guns, I love being free. Because I'm armed, you can't take that from me and you should know it. Hello and welcome to episode 244 of New Shooter Canada. I'm your host, Josh, and with me I have Amanda. Hello, Josh. And Thomas. Hi, Amanda. <laughs> Hi, Thomas. And we also have Jeff. How you doing, Jeff? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, Jeff is going to be a new addition to our little team here. He's been on before, but he's decided he wants to do it again and again and again, so we'll use him up. Sounds good. Welcome. Well, the manpower shortage has been critical, critical so like, we didn't have a choice, really. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. It's hard I know you're scraping right? the bottom of the barrel, but uh, I'll try. People who show up, that's what we hire. Yes, exactly. That's wonderful. Wait, we uh, get paid for this? Uh, okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a while since we've been on, so we've got lots to catch up on. That's kind of the meat of our episode here. So we'll start off with what we did in guns, because it's probably been a month or so. Thomas has a lot here, so let's go, Thomas. Actually, I've been vacation for the last two weeks, so this is just my first day back after vacation, but it's been really busy at work. I was wondering uh, how long you're off, because I keep, keep seeing your posts on Facebook, and I was like, you, you still on vacation? Still on vacation? What's going on here? I took a week and one day. A week and a day. It felt like longer. A week and a day. <laughs> I wish it was longer. It was expensive, though. But see, it, it was insane at work. Um like only only the the bigger stores with buying power have any any product left in stock. Uh, none of the other small stores have anything. Uh, we're we're getting large orders in, but they're they're selling them as quickly as we come in. Like the last Glock order came in, we held back mostly Glocks for members, gave them first dibs, and then we opened up to the public, and they were gone within an hour. Um, we still got some Sig CZ oranges and some blues. The greens are gone. Ruger Mark 422s. And there was some performance center 460s and 500 that was over a week ago. They may not be there in stock, but check the website. Um, but the CFO has just been overwhelmed with transfers, and they're not increasing the staffing levels that we were told they were. Um, we're only getting back two or three approvals each day, um, unless you live in Alberta. If you live in Alberta, you should get the CFO. Uh, they're, they approve them within a week, so that's great. But anything in Ontario, you're talking last one we got was June 3rd wow. that oh. the purchase was. So. Uh, my purchase date was June 27th, so I probably won't be seeing my gun for another month, maybe and two again, months. That's, that's just the transfer, not the registration certificate, so who knows how long. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And at that rate, it'll be 2024 before we can empty the storage vault. It's, it's that full because it's everybody's been going on a buying spree. And somebody <clears throat> on social media suggested that you call uh, the retailer, get the reference number, and then call CFO to check the status of your reference. Um, please don't do that because <laughs> we're swamped. We're swamped as it is. Um, and you're just giving CFO, CFO double the work because we have to do the transfers and they have to stop mm-hmm. what they're doing to answer your calls and check on the same transfer that we're doing. So uh, save them up. Don't don't call them and ask them for the reference I numbers. I, I was convinced that their, their phone is just off the hook anyways. <laughs> oh, it's nuts. We've got – well, I come in Wednesdays so the, uh, the one full-timer can take the day off. Well, she hasn't had a day off in a month. She comes and does overtime on her off day and all she does is all the transfers from the night before from the online and all the other transfers she spends her whole day on the computer with the cfo so it's 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 been pretty crazy 
Um, and you calling asking for the reference number just like if you if you bought it two months ago, it's stored way in the back. It could take us a half hour to find the gun. So we just don't have the resources to send people back there constantly. It's it's that insane. Um, the other hard part people are having is if you actually um, if, if you want to sell something. I know I was up at um, Port Perry. And she, my friend, and he he had a couple of Smith and Wesson Model 41s he wanted to sell. But and he he does all his business with Williams Arms, but he couldn't get through to the transfer. So I suggested East Hill because if you've got a retailer that's got a range, such as Silverdale's got Lance in there, or East Hill um, has the, the the store there. I'm not sure about um, Dean's new range out in Cambridge. Is that attached to his retail location, or is that a it separate is. building? Yeah. Okay, so if he's got a range there as well, you can take him in there uh, if you want to take something in for a trade. And they're giving you top dollar for it because they know they'll be able to flip it really fast. So if you want to take a trade in and you can't get through, look at maybe a retailer that has a range near you. That may save you some time. Um, I had an interesting one. I was going to say um, a friend of mine, Jeremy, showed me this. Uh, Jeremy, he showed me a bunch of his rifles. He's all into the mill syrup stuff. Filthy would love this guy. Bizarre mill syrup stuff that I've never seen. But he showed me a long branch. Uh, Enfield, and I've never seen such a pristine-looking gun before. Um, and I wasn't sure whether it's been refinished or not, so I did a couple of things. I had my friend Ron have a look at it. He's more or less a, a Colt and a Winchester expert, but I wanted to make sure that the gun had been, not been refinished. And I'm I'm pretty sure that it hadn't been, but that's that's my uh, my field of expertise. So we had Ron look at it, and he didn't appraise it. He just looked at it and said, "No, it has never been refinished." And then I made arrangements to meet up with uh, Brian and Dave. And Brian has been involved with the Oshawa uh, War Museum for about 30 years. And these two are the biggest Enfield collectors I've, I've ever known. These guys have. If it exists, they have it. Um, and they had a look at it, and they measured everything. Um, they said it, it is the most pristine Enfield they've ever seen. They've never seen one in such good condition. Uh, my buddy just had me walking through. Accuracy Plus, when the guys had a bunch of guns come through the estate, and he spotted the the grant uh, of the Enfield, and he didn't even know it was a long branch. He just spotted. It. He goes, "That looks nice. How much?" The guy just looked at it really quick. He goes, thousand dollars. He bought it for thousand dollars. Oh, jeez. So, so we're guessing um, on the high end. Like if you're going to retail it, we're figuring that thing would probably sell close to three. If you put it on an online auction, it would probably go for four or five. Because once the collectors got a hold of it, but yes. Jamie just happened to be in the right place at the right time, and just I've never seen one so fantastic shape. But that's I I thought no, this is too good to be true, but so apparently what, it what was he true. Do? So. Does he want to does he want to shoot it or does he want to flip it? No, that's the problem. He doesn't want to shoot it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wouldn't want it. <laughs> Because these guys know all the history of everything that came out of long branches. And the only thing that questioned them was the bolt head. But the bolt head was a Canadian issue bolt head from the factory because normally it was a blued part. So thinking, you know, the factory probably checked the head spacing before it went out and changed it. That's why it doesn't have a blued bolt head. But it has the Canadian marking from the long branch factory for the bolt head. So you're thinking it, it is the proper bolt. That was the only thing. Everything measured perfectly. <laughs> but even the bolt head could be explained because it has the, the long branch marking on the bolt head. So, right, right. so that was a good thing. Um, and I got to do some coaching tomorrow. I had a, I had a, I'd finished up with a rental 
And I go up to the, the counter at work, and the uh, the owner called me over, and he said, um, "Can you help this gentleman for me? He failed his." Uh, on the club level safety course, there's, there's a practical and there's a firing test, and he failed the the firing test, so therefore he couldn't complete his range membership until he passed the firing test. So I said, "Sure, no problem." So um, a gentleman's name was Vlad, so I took him in the back, and uh, I just corrected his stance and his grip. And his first target, he only got two shots on the paper. So the second target, I suggested do a 12 o'clock hold on it and do another 10 shots. But he still only got six shots on the paper. And then I'm looking at the gun and I figured, I said, is this the same gun that they gave you to qualify with yesterday? He said, yes. I said, ah, I think I know the problem. So I went in the back storeroom and I pulled out uh, a SIG 320 with three dot sights. Because the CZ that he was shooting was all black sights on a black target. He's older than me. He doesn't wear glasses. And he says there's nothing wrong with his eyes. He couldn't see the sights. That's what it was. So I loaded them up. First shot, he actually went high above the target. And I stopped him. I said, oh, no, my mistake. I said, you want to line up all three dots and aim for the center of the target on this one. Don't aim for the top. Aim for the center. He got five out of five out of the 10 in the black and the other were just around. He had a really nice grouping except for that one first shot where I forgot to tell him where to go. <laughs> so he was, he was so excited. And I said, but he still failed. I said, cause you only got nine out of 10. I said, hang on for a second. So I put the gun out, the target out to 10 yards. I put one round in the magazine. I took my time. I hit the, the 10 in the X ring and I, I brought back the target. There you go. Now you got 10 out of 10. You passed. And I handed him the target. He was a stab. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not going to crib him over the one shot. He obviously, once he saw the sights, he could keep the, his shots on the paper, right? Yeah. I yeah. wasn't going to make yeah. him do it. So to me, he, he had the skill. He just, it's a, just a matter of fine-tuning what his problem was. So he went in immediately and ordered the SIG 220. And then I got a glasses. I suggested it's not optometrist. <laughs> and apparently he has um, uh a rifle and another pistol he wants. So I've got a coaching class tomorrow with him. I'm going to meet him at one o'clock tomorrow at the range. Oh, nice. So we do a little, little coaching with his rifle and his pistol. So he's, he was just ecstatic that he was able to, to qualify here, all his shots on paper. So. Mm-hmm. It's hard, you know, when you're, when you're going for that. And, you know, especially if you're a new shooter and you get, you know, you, you, you get the shakes and you're uppity. And if you don't do it, it's, it's a lot of pressure. Oh, yeah. So if you have to be watching it, and then yeah, if you don't you're trying succeed... To, you're trying to qualify. This is for all the marbles, right? Right? Yeah. yeah. And in, in a lot of ranges, I think, and of all the ranges that I belong to, I think only once we've ever, only once in this range, and only once at Northumberland did I ever not pass somebody on their test because they could not see the target. Yeah. It was just a safety call. It was just they, <laughs> the, their vision wasn't good enough to... Be shooting a handgun. Yeah, there comes a point to that too, right? Is it yeah. just you can't sights are a little blurry? You can fix it with glasses, or are you right? A, are you a safety concern? Are you a problem? Yeah, yeah he's, he's he's my age, probably a little bit older than me, and he said he's never worn glasses, so he's at that age where his eyes have have changed. So it's just a matter of working with with, with his eyes. So hopefully he'll be up optometrist. But uh, he was very excited. Great. And I think that's about it. I took today off. So I didn't go to work today, but I did get a text yesterday from my uh, friend Laura at work. We got some 357 ammo in, so that's what I wanted to do. I should have gone today and picked up some ammo, but I'm I'm liking this at 86. 
That's nice. It's nice. And I actually, I actually went to Williams Arms and had some cellar and bellet for 33 bucks, 10 bucks cheaper than what I could get it for. Oh, nice. So, <laughs> so I stocked up. So I, I got you didn't message boxes. the group. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Williams Arms is, is, is actually one of the cheaper places for ammo. Like especially a, a lot of places don't like the wolf reloads, but you can get the wolf. Uh, 200 grains, 70 watt cutter, 45 ACP, and I think it was 23 bucks. Oh wow! Oh wow! That's so that's it's lead, but yeah. It's, uh, it shoots well, and I've taken them apart. They're exact same loading that I use, exact same powder, exact same bullet weight. Well, but that that's about it. That's about right. it for guns. So well, until I tomorrow, I'll get to do this shooting tomorrow. Okay. I guess we'll. Well, get me out of the way, because I don't have much to say. But uh, it hasn't been a very gunny summer for me, unfortunately. Uh, I've been really busy with work and family stuff and vacations and house stuff. And I don't know, I've been a, I've been a little down on uh, on firearms in general. I'll admit that. I haven't been overly excited about things. It's just the current political landscape and just everything with the, with everything that's going on. It's just it, it has affected me and kind of taken the wind out of my sails a little bit. And I know that's the, the opposite attitude of what I should be having, but... Sometimes it's hard to, to see past that, but the only shooting related thing I really did this summer was was National Range Day, and uh, I barely got to shoot there. I just kind of watched everybody else shoot, but uh, we, we did wind up taking Andrew and Carrie out. I couldn't remember if we had talked about that or not on the last episode. I don't know. Yeah, we took we took a husband and wife out to the range on a Thursday night, and uh, it was funny because we were we're kind of coaching the wife a little bit more because the husband really shouldn't have been coaching her because he was getting a little snappy and a little bit uh, overbearing. <laughs> so we, you know this yeah, already. And what, yeah. I'm like, why are you getting so nervous? And, and it's funny because that kind of reminded us about when we went to Maple Seed, how they immediately separated us. Yeah. Like they said, okay, you're over here. Amanda's over here. Josh, you're way at the other side. <laughs> so we couldn't even see each other the whole time. Yeah. So it's kind of a, kind of a thing, I guess. So. Yeah, that was a that was a good night. Yeah, so. yeah, that was fun, and, and that kind of helped, I guess, rekindle. So, like bringing someone new out always helps, right? Yeah, you sure. kind of experience it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, no transfer yet for my 686. Listening to you talk, Thomas, I don't like hearing it, but I'm still waiting. When was your transfer done? Well, I don't have the transfer. Well, when did I submit oh. the paperwork? It was in yeah. July, sometime in July. Yeah. So. You try know. calling a lot, and then you end yeah, up doing I, the paper form and submitting. The it. guy, the guy who I was buying it from, got tired of trying to call, and I didn't. I don't blame him. So we we wound up just submitting the. I mailed in registered mail the, the paperwork. So. Um, well, I, I did hear some good news yesterday though that um, apparently Wendy C and the Coalition for Gun Control uh, is not going to be involved in the court case. Yeah. Their intervener status got denied. Yeah. That's wicked. That's a, she, they've got all kind, and, and I was very, I was watching um, Runkle the Bailey, and I was quite surprised to see uh, Greg Allard from Pink Pistols' name put up as one of the affidavits that uh, she didn't read. Oh. But she had all kinds of affidavits that she's supposed to read, all kinds of evidence, and she admitted on the stand that she never read anything. <laughs> so the judge says, well, you know, you're not prepared to make any type of contribution to this trial. They obviously, you don't haven't read anything so how can you possibly you know participate any more or less that you're gone yeah yeah no that's awesome that is good news it is so 
That's as probably as far as far as far as we're gonna get, but we can. Yeah, we can yeah well, it's a step in the right direction. It's just yeah. less Yes, it is. So that's good. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, um, Tatcom went to Tatcom. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, I also I, I stepped down as vice president and a board member at the Melverton Range. Um, I stayed on the safety committee uh, for doing club level safety and uh, just overall range stuff as I stayed on stayed on that group but stepped away from the rest of it well you're finishing your term oh it's next month yeah so so the end of October is the the year end so a couple other people put their names forward though who might who might that be Uh, we'll talk talk about that later (coughs) okay Right. I mean, it's it takes two, it takes two people to fill the void forward. of one, right? So. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, all right, Jeff, rock, paper, scissors, who's going to go next? Uh, you. Oh, me. Okay. Sounds good. Well, like Josh said, we had a busy non-gunny summer. Um, uh, kind of a point of interest, though, we did visit Bermuda via cruise, and, uh, we were actually at the ported at the Royal Navy dockyard, so uh, it was really nice to see the fort in itself. And so I'm going to take this as a gun thing because we were learning about uh, the history of Bermuda and um, got your picture taken next to a cannon. Yeah, I got a picture <laughs> next to a cannon, so that, that's kind of gunny, right? But um, you know what? The, uh, it's a British colony island for people who don't know, and it's rich with history. And I do have a really cool story. So, uh, in 1775, an incident called the Gunpowder Plot took place. Had anybody heard of that before? No. No. Yes. yes. Only because no. I've been there. Okay, there you go. So, uh, long and short of it, uh, maybe exact details, but uh, because the island was being so close to North America for trading purposes, when the revolution decided to come into play, the states at that time, had implemented a trade ban on Bermuda. So, uh, even back then, almost everything on the island was imported. Um, So, Bermuda people were starving at at that time. So, the British Navy had about 400 pounds of gunpowder stored on the island. And the revolution leaders made a deal with a ragtag resistance group that was on the island. You give us the gunpowder, we will bring supplies again to the people of Bermuda. So... All 400 pounds were stolen, and the governor could never prove who did it. So, um, that w- I thought that was a really cool story. And, you know, 400 pounds stealing them overnight, and the governor has no clue who did it. But I would think that the most of the... Just rolling people, rolling the barrels into the ro- bay and well, floating them to right? the ship. <laughs> I, I, you know, I have a feeling a lot of people who, civilians at that point, knew what was going on and didn't care because they were starving. Right. And the governor really, I can't remember his name. It was Button, wasn't it? I don't remember. I'm pretty sure it was uh, Henry Button. Who that was, sounds familiar. Yes. Uh, so because they have, a, they, we actually visited the outside of his house and went down the alleyways there and visited the ports in St. George. So it was really cool. Um, and, uh, you know, the governor knew, like, he had something to do with it, but he never did get uh, get charged. They had no actual proof. So. Uh, so sadly, we did learn that there are no, it's a no firearms island, but uh, there was one contingency if you were a professional shooter that was 
making your way to go and live there. You could actually can't keep your firearms in your household. Like they had like, it's a big red tape thing. So, you know, as much as we were enjoying and loving the idea of Bermuda and even though it's super expensive, <laughs> that was a big, that was one of the first things we looked at was, can you bring your guns here? No, no, you can't. They are definitely against it there. So, which was sad, but hey, you know what? We enjoyed our time there, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, so, as Josh was alluding to, I did submit my name for the board of directors at the Milverton Rod and Gun. Uh, I do run their social media page already, as it is, and without insight on the board or me pushing for information, it's like trying to, uh, I don't know, I'm chewing on a bone that has no meat basically. It's hard to get any information from them. So uh, I decided to that I wanted to do my part and commit some time and in a fashion that I feel that can be more, I could be the most useful. So um, our club is in dire need of a communication boost among some other things. So here I am. I'm put my name in, be a, uh, hopefully a female representative and, you know, hopefully get that feminine touch to some more events that are happening so we'll see how it goes so see if the Milverton gun run a gun chews me up and spits me out <laughs> we'll see what happens i give it so, a year or two at least a year or two before <laughs> i'm done yeah all right jeff how about you well like all of us it's been a very busy summer uh i did do some things in guns uh, first thing I did that I can jumps out to me is for her very first time. This girl grew up on a farm uh, outside of Embro. Uh, there was firearms around the farm, but she had never actually shot. Uh, took her out, and we just shot at uh, at our farm, and she was hooked. Absolutely hooked. Uh, started, as I always do, with 22s, uh, single shot, bolt action. 22 was the very first that we started with. And we worked uh, through some semis, ending up uh, doing mag dumps with the GSG 16, 16, 15. Uh, with the barrel mag or no? Uh, didn't know we didn't use the drum. I just loaded up the sticks with uh, 22 rounds each, and she did some fast reloads and and had a really good time. And then I brought out the Churchill pump and loaded up some birdshot. And the look on her face when she shot that was just—it was worth it. It, it was absolutely worth it. And now I think in October we're going to try and uh, get her out to the range and uh, shoot some handguns. So that was that was a lot of fun. It's it's nice being able to shoot on your own property and work at uh, at your own pace. Uh, and then of course summer means getting together with the neighbors and uh, a lot of the neighbors shoot at the back of their farms as well. Uh, one of the big things that I added to those shoots was the uh, the rimfire tannerite. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there is tannerite is so much fun used properly, of course, 
Um, but the, the rimfire stuff from, uh, that I've got from Canada's first or Canada first ammo corp, it's a half pound container and it, uh, it is a blast. Uh, you have to pardon the pun there, but it really <laughs> is. Um, you put a, uh, five gallon water jug on top of that and shoot it. And that water jug just goes flying. So I feel like I feel like this would significantly improve our pumpkin shoots. It would. It would. Um, I need to get a truckload of pumpkins again, which <laughs> maybe we should be talking about for late October. Yeah. Yep. It's, you know, it's going to come up before we know it. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was, I just it was really disappointed shooting a mushy pumpkin. pumpkin. Like, right. But happens. but if we, had, if we had a half mind, pound of tan- tannerite underneath it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you, have to, you have to check your range approval because it might actually specify no tannerite on the range. Oh no, we're uh, no, we're, <laughs> this, 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 this is on farm, Thomas. We oh, okay, have to worry about range approvals. Let's how, do we, CFO, then. how do we get your turkeys to carry packets of tannerite around? Oh, wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> focus, boys, focus. Yeah, we're there. We're, we're focusing. Okay. I did learn that I can shoot clays with a tiny little 12-inch barreled pump-action shotgun. Ooh. Yes. Uh, So we had a little family reunion out at the farm. And, uh, of course, what family reunion is not complete without busting a few clays, right? I don't know how your family does it, but that's the way I do it in our family. So I let my brothers-in-law and, and my soon-to-be cousin shoot, and I ran the thrower. And uh, Thomas, you've never seen it, but on our side-by-side, there's a hitch receiver in the front, and I've just got a manual thrower that I mount in there on a hitch tube. And uh, I just position that wherever I want the clays to go, and then I can just adjust uh, where the clays are going by changing the elevation and where the clay placement and all of that, you know, those manual throwers that get mounted on tire rims and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I've got one. Uh, so mine's a little bit more portable. Um, so once, once they were done uh, shooting, I thought, well, I'm going to try this. And I wasn't expecting much out of a fixed full choke with a 12 inch barrel. And I missed the first one, but everything after that turned to dust. So that was, uh, I was quite impressed. So that's, that's what I'm going to be hunting turkey with, uh, with Josh this fall. <laughs> Woo! And you need to start coming to, uh, sporting clays with that thing. Uh, yeah, I don't want to make him look bad. No, sorry. <laughs> I don't want to make me look bad. That's, that's what I meant to say. Okay. Yeah. Is this chambered for uh, three and a half inch, by the way? Uh, no, just, uh, just three. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to see how it is with the three-inch turkey load. Yeah, I, I fired a couple. Um, my shoulder doesn't like it, but uh, I've fired a couple. And also there's a little bit of a noise difference between, say, a 12 and a 28-inch barrel. Uh, we noticed yeah. that right off the bat. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot closer to you. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> Wicked. Um. I can't remember. Did anyone mention TACOM? Uh, I mentioned we went, but we're going to talk yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. I, I feel like we may talk about that later. Um, but yeah, there was that little show there. 
that uh, that we went to. Uh, also, uh, <clears throat> hoping for a 50% success rate at the minimum, uh, I also submitted my name for a board position to Milverton Rod and Gun. Um, so I'm hoping Amanda gets it and I don't have to worry about it. Oh, but, you, uh, <laughs> you. You're, you're going on with me. I, I will... Uh, yeah, I, I need you in there. Well, like I said, it takes, two, it takes two to replace the one. So yeah, yeah. Yep. So Amanda and I had a really fun time working together. Stressful, but uh, really fun time working together to get National Grange Day pulled together in a very short time frame. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think by, success. I yeah. believe it was. Um, and I like doing events like that. Uh, and Amanda and I work well. Um, she's way more organized and keeps me in line. I'm more fly by the seat of my pants and try and come up with things on the fly. But but if you uh, if he's got an idea to go with it, he goes. So yes, yes, you yes, will go. And it's uh, your your enthusiasm that goes along with it is what definitely drove it. So that was good. So yeah, I'm. Hoping uh, maybe the membership would accept me as well. Uh, well for so far, a, the chatter position. is very positive. So, so that's about it. Uh, that's that's kind of what I've been been up to. Well, wow. All right. Well, I guess that's all of us. Nobody else bothered to show up. So, hey, we'll now move, be nice. <laughs> we'll move on to the main topic. <laughs> yeah. Renewed interest, summer craziness, and catching up after way too long. So that's kind of what we started to. Uh, to get done up in the start, and we'll we'll move on to what we did this summer. Um, Jeff, you went to the to the event that we missed because we were in Bermuda, the custom knife show in uh, Bayfield. Why don't you tell us about that? Yes, yes, I did. Uh, that was uh, in the past month. I've been to three events, which is way more than I normally do, but uh, three events that I haven't been able to go to for the past few years. Uh, the first one was the Great Lakes Custom Knife Show. The second was TACCON. And then uh, just this past week also was the Outdoor Farm Show. But I'm going to talk first about the uh, the Custom Knife Show. Uh, Custom Knife Show has been delayed. Great Lakes Custom Knife Show has been delayed since 2020. Uh, it was held back in August. Uh, I'd been looking forward to this show for a long time. I've followed the Canadian Knife Makers Guild. Uh, I've had the opportunity to meet a number of, of local makers. And let's face it, I'm a knife guy. So having this show in my backyard, I had to go. Yeah. Uh, very small venue. Uh, they, they did this as an homage to a show back in the 90s. I think they said was the last time they had one there. Uh, and it was a much smaller crowd. It was just uh, that uh, that church in the square, right? Yes, that's correct. Uh, it was it was packed. View uh, it was tighter packed per person than TACCOM was. But being able to walk around and talk with all of the makers this this was not like a a distributor show. This is directly to the guys that are making these knives, knives, guys and girls. Uh, there's uh, some amazing uh, female uh, makers out there. 
So everything was everything was custom. Unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, I can't say that because uh, some good friends of ours were getting married the same day uh, over by Seaforth. So I was time limited. I think I only had an hour or so there. Uh, but I got to meet up with some friends that I've met over the past few years through various knife and gear groups uh, and actually put faces to the names. So that's, you know how that is. That's always nice. Uh, but and did, I also did you met, actually, did you buy anything? No, I was on, I was on a um, strict hands-off. And frankly, there were a lot of things there that I wanted to buy. Uh, no, I did buy a couple of small things, but I did not buy a knife there. I'm not sure why. I do know um, because nothing called to you. That's all. That's uh, right. That's there was there was. I'm sure things, things called to him, but I mean, like, what are we? What are we like when you're talking custom knives? Like, what's our what's our entry through the door here on price? Like, oh, you're you're anywhere from three hundred to three thousand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there were in, there were some stuff territory. lower lower priced but nothing so i'm i'm having this issue uh with strider versus emerson right i i was loaned that smg for all of the summer i loved it but did i 850 dollars love it as opposed to my 250 dollar emerson because i'm going to use it and beat it up and it's going to do the same similar things that my Emerson's will. So I had that kind of thing. I'm probably not a custom knife carrying guy and I don't like buying things that I'm not going to use. I'm not in. Yeah. Well, that's, I'm, I'm working my way there. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I, I, I I, I saw your CRK. Uh, I I saw it and I handled it. Um, but it was neat. It was uh, just getting together with all these knife guys and, and talking and, and meeting meeting the people that I talked to online on a regular basis in person for the first time and some, you know, reacquainting with. Um, I do one of the things that I do want to say is I want to give a real quick shout out to Seamus at Buffalo Bones. If you ever want any leather work done, uh, he's the man. And uh, he's just over in Cambridge. So his wallets, uh, I pointed to them multiple times to Virginia and said, this would make a really nice uh, birthday present for me. <laughs> so I'm hopefully, hopefully I've, I've made the suggestion. Well, if I'll not, have to do some wine nights with Virginia. No, do, go, hey, wait, did you see this knife that Jeff really wallet, likes? Wallet. Or, or the wallet, wallet. sorry. Yeah. Wallet, yes, the wallet, sorry. But if there's knives no, or something else, like it, I'll, I'll put a word in for you. That's Thank you. Do you yeah. make a note of whatever suggestions that she makes throughout the year? Thomas, I have a hearing problem. <laughs> uh, um, selective hearing. Yes, my mom has that problem, too. Yeah, oh, yeah. What it is. yeah I don't know. I, I, She talks, I listen, and then I... Forget. Forget. Yeah. Okay. So even though she tells you, you should write them down. Yes. Yes. And then, and if I write it down, I can't find where I wrote it down. Well, that's why I tell her to order it herself a month before Christmas. Exactly. Remember what you want. Work now for me, okay? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) 
part. But I, of I, I do have to say about that show, um, getting to meet and speak with all these makers from the Canadian Knife Makers Guild, to me, as such a knife nerd, was like meeting a whole bunch of actors from a favorite movie all at the same time, all at once. <laughs> yeah. It was like overwhelming. <laughs> Uh, I really did wish I had more time to spend there, but like I said, we're on our way to a wedding, so we were time limited, but I really did enjoy the time I got to spend there. So is it, is it going to be next year, the same time of year, you think? Is there one point? They are, they are going to do a show next year, whether it's in Bayfield again or not, but it's going to be somewhere between Huron and Erie and Ontario, somewhere in that area so somewhere somewhere within an hour of us yeah Yeah, an hour two hours max probably yeah Yeah. well we'll commit to going next year because yeah i was i was sorry i had to miss that but you know bermuda was kind of a once in a lifetime well i mean that didn't yeah planning was planning but yeah it was you gotta plan your trips better yeah right (laughs) it wasn't my fault anyways okay well, since so, they switched TACCOM to the September venue, um, I won't be able to go anymore because the last couple of TACCOMs were in April when they started them. Oh, now they're the really? second week of September in the International Center, and that's, I'm on holidays that week. Mm. I'll never make I'll never make a TACCOM. Oh, dear. Well, we'll, <laughs> well, we'll speak to, what is it, uh, Mike, uh, I can't think of the guy's name that organized, Mike. Uh, Fred, isn't it Fred? Uh, yeah, Fred. Fred, Fred, right, Fred. Uh, we can speak to him and see if uh, he can arrange to move TACOM into maybe push it back into August so that Thomas can attend. No, April. It was April. nice to have that little break in in the winter. Well, that works. Yeah, yeah it was. It, it was, and it was packed. But the venue is too small for what he needed, so I can see him needing a bigger venue. Totally. Okay. Well, speaking of TACOM, Amanda and Jeff and I went to TACOM. <laughs> what are our general takeaways, Amanda? Why don't you start? Well, you were a you were a TACCOM newbie. I was. It was my uh, first time. Uh, you know, I kind of knew what to expect. You know, I've been to expos and things like that before. But you know, at, at the same time, no matter how much you prepare yourself, you're still a little overwhelmed by it all. So um i made sure to take our time and walk past all the booths at least twice well, I, I could tell at the beginning you're kind of like you weren't in a daze but you're like i don't know what to look at i don't know which way to turn well, i don't it, know what to... <laughs> it didn't help because i forgot my meds that morning and i was very very like like losing no but i focus think it was just it was just because there was i kind of felt the same way too though you like you walk in and you could have went in four different directions. That's so true, where too. Do you, where it's do you like, start, right? Yeah. Do we want to be orderly and go from left to right, left to right, uh, right to left, go through the middle and do loop arounds? Like, you don't know. So, um, but, I mean, I was definitely overwhelmed. But we did, to, you know, make sure to pass the booth at least twice. Yeah. I mean, we still well, found we, a row that we yeah, didn't we... touch the first time. <laughs> so we're like, how did that happen? Yeah. But it was likely getting distracted by all the pretty things. So. Well, I think that's maybe just the way it was set up too. Like it, mm. it wasn't in aisles and rows, perfect aisles and rows. Right? No. There was a little bit of jumping around you had to do to see well, there. That's okay. But I mean, um, 
It was uh, good speakers, and uh, we had a good turnout for the vendors as well as the visitors. However, I did we did note at least five different vendors that were like, hey, wouldn't you normally be here? But yeah, like the first one Jeff pointed out was Bullseye London. We couldn't believe they weren't there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that one really surprised me. Place, yeah, exactly. And semi-local, I mean, just London, right? Yeah, and they had a really big booth in 19. That's right. Their well, booth was like as you, big as like uh, select. Group chat, like we went for a, they did a promo. Like we drove down to London just to buy T-shirts so we could That's get right. a gift when we went to Tacom yeah. last, last time, right? Yeah. That's right. So, uh, you know, again, so you know, uh, despite the last couple of years being really crappy with COVID, and I know that I'm sure some of the vendors or companies themselves are unsure of how things are going to go politically. So maybe there was a, a part of them not showing up there, but I was very surprised not to see Ruby there. You know, I really, I was surprised at that. Uh, it was awesome to see Angela, uh, as other people may know her as uh, Baby Goes Pew Pew. Uh, it was good to see Gavin and Andrew and the rest of the Ragnarok team. When is Benny? We missed Benny, and I felt so bad. Yeah, I, I didn't Jeff, realize he was actually there that Jeff weekend. Jeff saw him Friday, Friday right? No, I did yeah, not. Oh, you didn't. Friday and no. Sunday. He so, was there Friday and Sunday, and I felt like such a well, bag. Well, Saturday, he went out He went out after dark. He came out after dark. <laughs> yeah, at the event that uh, we were supposed to go to yeah. and didn't, because we were sitting there going, we can't afford to go to Toronto. Because if anybody knew, it was the uh, Toronto International Film Festival. And oh, is that what started. it was? Yes, it was. And so there was, that's why all the rooms minimum were $700 a night downtown Toronto. Okay. Or that, and that's why they predicted the, um, all the, uh, Ubers to be like anywhere between $50 and $100 a ride from if we wanted to get like a hotel just outside of that area. So I couldn't justify spending six or $700 just on accommodations to go, but. I'm glad that we went to the actual event. That was pretty cool. So, but it was good to see all of them. And I, yeah, I feel bad that we missed Benny, but hey, it's uh, it's just kind of the way it goes, right? So, I'd rather see everybody on the range, anyways. Yeah. So, all right. That. Well, Josh, what did you think of uh, Tacom? Uh, well, um, like I said before, like I. I but a month or two ago, we weren't even sure if we wanted to go at all because I was kind of down on it. I was like, well, you know, pistols are banned, no ARs. What's what's TACOM, right? It's going to be 22s and shotguns. Like, what's what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. So I was I wasn't really overly excited, but then uh, TACOM wound up emailing me my tickets that I bought that <laughs> for the canceled show in 2020. So I was like, okay, well, the show's paid for, and then we wind up not having kids that weekend. So we thought, okay, we're gonna go. Let's go. And, uh, you know, actually, I'm, I'm really glad that I went because I, I got excited about it again and I left with a, a renewed kind of feeling for the sport. And it, it doesn't take much sometimes to break you out of that funk and just, you know, get around people like yourself and people who are excited about it and you just want to do it again. Well, we ended up running into a couple people. We had um, a couple of the Milverton Rotten Gun people there and we yep. also ran into, what's his name, Tom. 
Tom yeah. from the Huron. Uh, from Clinton. Clinton. Yeah. Uh, that we shoot sporting plays with. Yes, and it was. <laughs> <laughs> he's such a doll. I really like talking to him. He's just super sweet. So. He was like, and our friend, I didn't think I'd you guys here. And it's like, well, it's a gun show, and why wouldn't you see us? <laughs> so, but it was, it was good. It was good to see him, and it was good to see other people too. So. Right, we ran into uh, Gareth there yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, he, he didn't stay too long. I didn't get a chance to chat with him, but I saw him from afar. Yeah. <laughs> no, I got a chance to chat with him there. That's good. So, what about you, Jeff? What was your initial thoughts? Well, definitely, I'm really glad that I did go Friday. Uh, left work and fought traffic. Thought I'd be there a lot earlier than I was. I didn't. Went straight from work at 4:30 to the International Center, and it was 7.15 by the time I got there due to traffic. Um, I did go to Coat of Arms booth looking for Benny and ran into Gavin, and he said, uh, Benny turned into a pumpkin around 5 o'clock on Friday night, and uh, I missed him. So I did, I did not get to see him. I tried to, but uh, I was... I made the effort anyways. Uh, what I did like about going on Friday was being able to kind of get my bearings and cruise through and go, oh, I know I'm going to want to spend time here. Uh, I don't need to maybe spend time here and kind of get just the lay of the land. So that was really good. Um, you know, when we went in 19, Josh... A cup, I, you know, a couple hours is not going to do it. Uh, a full day would do it, but as you know, we get dragged into meeting up with people and getting sidetracked, and then you get a little bit disorganized on where you want to go. But I would say, I think next time I would do Saturday and get a hotel room for Saturday night and just give myself Sunday for anything that I wanted to follow back up with again but uh, i did find that well and there was different talks on different days too right that's right that's right and if you want to fit in the talks or the seminars then you know you're missing out on the on the floor time and that's to me the the talks and the seminars were as important as as the rest of the show well so speaking of what was your favorite part jeff Oh, um, do you remember where I was when you guys uh, met me Saturday morning? Well, we, we got it. We finally got in the door, and I texted you. I said, "Okay, where are you?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm I'm at, I'm at the talk. I'm at the main stage." And I was like, "Okay." So we walk. We we go to the bathroom. We make our way over there. He's like, "Oh, I don't see him anywhere. He's not in this. He's not in the crowd. I don't see him. Where do we sit?" And all of a sudden, I realized, "Oh, Jeff's on stage." <laughs> <laughs> Jeff's doing knife fighting. That's right. Yes, you were. <laughs> so, so, yes, um, the first talk of the morning was um, gear, uh, M Gear, and they had a special guest. And I'm going to butcher the last part of his name, but uh, Datu Shashir Inkonala. Um, everyone else in the world knows him as Michelangelo 
from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies. <laughs> um, I ended up sitting with him a couple of times throughout the day, getting to spend time with him, talking martial arts, uh, and just kind of hanging out. It was it was really neat. Um, me, of course, a martial arts junkie and student of martial arts most of my life. This was a really cool experience. Uh, so that that was a lot of fun. Uh, something I'll, I'll never forget. And then uh, had him sign a picture of from the filming of the first uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie of him in costume uh, for the girls. Uh, is something that uh, they're fighting over who gets the picture in their room on what night. So that, <laughs> oh, that's cute. Yes. I've got, a, I've got that little video of you yes yeah and that was that was so much fun uh being up on stage learning um some filipino martial arts a little bit different from stuff i've studied um and you missed the part where we were using sticks with one another and then we went to uh empty hand um by the time that you guys had arrived but uh Coat of Arms had was filming everything, so it'll be up on their uh, YouTube channel uh, and on their TV station sometime soon. I haven't uh, I haven't had a chance to look for that since uh, since we got home. You, probably a good thing you didn't watch Master Ken before you went into that knife battle. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if it would have went so well for you. <laughs> yeah, no, I uh, I've I've watched enough of Master Ken to know uh, what not to do. <laughs> but I did feel, though, overall, the vibe was like in 19. And again, it's like uh, Rod uh, alluded to in his talk when he when he was comparing this, the slides from 2019 to 2022, what he was going to say. And he was talking about the challenges. We were facing challenges in 19. Uh, but in 19, as like today. The mood was very upbeat. Uh, everyone was having a good time. And I just have to say, it was so good seeing so many old friends and connecting with new ones. And I just can't wait for next year. Yeah. Awesome. So, How about you, Amanda? Uh, so uh, what kind of really got me perked up was I was able to chat with a rep from the Canuck about my shotgun or O'Dell. Uh, didn't realize that the office was in Push Lynch. Uh, so he said that we could bring my shotgun over, and uh, if he can't get it cycling, he will replace it. So, you know, that was that made me really happy because I was telling him all the problems I was having and what everyone was telling me to do. And he goes, "No, you don't need to do that." He goes, "It shouldn't be an issue." So should should cycle perfectly right out of the box. Yeah, right out of the box. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he did say it likes to run drier. Like, so not to oil it too much, which is, you know, I was finding the opposite originally. So, I don't know. We'll see. But, but he was uh, a super nice guy, and, and the Canuck booth was awesome. Oh, like they, beautiful. I think they did, like, the most production value <laughs> as, oh, yeah. far as, as far as their display. Anyways. Oh, yeah, there's, yeah, their display was big. They had a lot of guns there. Uh, the it was re really nice to see all the the booths, the merch, and since I'm not an articulate person, like I was able to point out the exact model 
I'm standing right beside him. He goes, how can I help you? I'm like, I have this gun. It is not cycling. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> I'm like, help me. He was so nice, though. Like He was just, so he had nice. like a plastered smile on his face. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, no, it should be good. Yeah, yeah. If there's any problems, I'll just get you a new one. Yeah, yeah, there you yeah go. and no like, problem, so. I have to say, um, Amanda, I will, you know, at that Canuck booth, as soon as you mention to someone, who do I talk to because I'm having an issue with my shotgun? Uh, one of the girls just took off and ran to yeah. find, grabbed them. Yeah. Grabbed exactly. Them. Yeah. yeah. Exactly to go and get. And, and there was no, there was no questioning. There was no, no anything. It was just like. Well, that's the thing. Like, oh, you bought a Turkish shotgun. Oh yeah. Well, it's, well, I mean, if they're standing behind the product, I mean, that yeah. means a lot, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's one thing I like about Odell Engineering because Phil stands behind all those products and he yes. stocks a, a full set. Uh, you get need parts, he has them. Yeah. He it's supports fun. everything that he sells. So. Yeah. Yes. So I'm pretty excited about that. So Josh is committed to taking my gun to Butchland. Which I was busy this week. I'm sorry. It kind of was not on my priority list, but I will make it a priority for next week. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. But, you know, bonus though, I, I managed to get some range pants. Uh, they were $20 off and they had my size and I got a belt <laughs> for 50% off. So. And Jeff and I had to stand there holding all the bags while she tried on pants. Oh, don't even. <laughs> I carried your bags most of the day, guys. Don't even. I felt, I said, Are they those stretchy like tactical range pants? Are they what? Those stretchy tactical range pants that you like? Actually for- I couldn't find those ones anywhere. You I got the regular ones. You got something ones. similar. They're, they're the flex ones. No, no, the ones you, you were looking at, similar ones. Yes, I was looking at them, but they did No, so 5'11 had not, like, their yeah. biggest size was 14. And the guy's like, are you looking for a size? I said, size 16 ladies. And he's just standing there, like, ooh, well, what? And, and you got First Tactical is the brand? Yeah, It first seems like they've got a lot of really good stuff. It's yeah, an offshoot, like the guy I guess used to work at. So she got them from, uh, from Select. Yeah, I yeah. bought them from Select, but the brand was uh, first yeah First Tactical, and because um, I remember when I went to Select shooting, now there must have been from when I visited there, they had the five eleven pants. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty positive they did, and their selection was not good. So the only thing I could think of is either they're bringing them to shows, or they switch companies. So Josh, do you remember the story that we we had with the sales rep? Yeah. Uh, yeah, remember. So, so well, they, they've, yeah. So those okay. pants, those pants are made by, designed by the guy that started Five Eleven. Yeah. And then he got kicked out of the company, so he started his new company, and yeah. everyone's starting. Yes. Yeah, so everyone's starting to kind of transition over to those according to and i can't remember um thomas it oh it was one of the main guys from select and i'm just i'm drawing a blank on his name oh i know i know yeah, the, old, the older guy yeah yes really yes. nice guy though yes so, but anyways they've they started carrying those pants in place of 511 because they all wear them and they find them more comfortable and and more suited for the purpose than the um, than the 511s. Yes. Yeah, so, like I said, they didn't have the tight <coughs> style that I was looking for, but I know how hard it is to find anything for a good price in my size. Like I'm pretty sure they were 
was it 109 instead of 129 or something like that. And you that. got a belt half price. And I got so a belt half awesome. price, so yeah. that worked out really well. So yeah, there, there were some deals to be had if you looked. Yes, exactly. Yes, so there was. Thanks to Select uh, Shooting Supplies for that. So that yeah, that was my bonus there. I will say meeting Michelangelo was pretty pretty <laughs> high up there too. But uh, and I, I also got an autograph for my brother-in-law, who I know will just adore because he loves the Ninja Turtles. So excited to give that to him when I see him next. So well, you you guys pretty much talked about everything. Um, I don't know. Watching Rod's presentation, I enjoyed that. It was funny too. The way he started it was really funny. You kind of alluded to it, Jeff. It's like, okay, this these were my talking points in 2019, and everything that he pretty much laid out had happened since then, right? Like he was he was foreshadowing everything that happened to us <laughs> over the last couple yeah. of years. Yeah. And uh, it's like, well, what do we do now, right? So it was it was it was interesting to listen to. Um, and I so, will I will say that we it was also so Tracy Wilson introduced Rod. Yeah. And of course, this was the day of the leadership race. Ooh, and if right. anyone has to ask which leadership race, um, <laughs> <clears throat> anyways, so it was the day of the the leadership uh, of the announcement. And uh, so Tracy, yeah, introduced Rod, left to get in a taxi to go to Toronto plane. Island Airport, <laughs> then came back because she forgot that Colin was holding her purse still. Uh, oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> and then left again, <laughs> and uh, and then went to the uh, went to Ottawa, um, and then flew back for uh, for Sunday morning. She's a busy lady. That she is. So Jeff, did you have a favorite gun or product that what, what tickled your fancy as you're walking around? Oh, so much. Um, I'll say yes. Yes, it all did. Um, <laughs> Give me all of the guns. Yes, I will take, <laughs> take all of the guns. I'll take guns. one of everything. Yes. <laughs> and do you have that one in blue and green? I'll take Some one of those. Did. Some of those. <laughs> um, if I had to pick, it was that really cool, really innovative. Um, I cannot remember, or even if we were told the model of it. Um, the folding rifle, rifle. from the Bronco. from the Bronco, the Bronco uh, from uh, Black Creek. Yes. Uh, that was to me that was really innovative. Uh, so it's the now shortest non-restricted firearm in Canada because of the their innovative um, folding system that. Thomas, what it does is it encompasses a latch that holds the safety in the safe position. So it's not possible to work the bolt or fire the rifle when the rifle's folded. So upon RCMP classification, they said, well, because of this, we're going to classify it from the pivot to the end of the barrel instead of going from the unfolded position. So it's uh, this one was chambered in 223, and it just makes for like a nice, if you've got a long hike into your hunting spot, this one had a EOTech on it, uh, EOTech red dot magnifier. Uh, but if it was 
just a really, really nice rifle. I like the innovation and the engineering. It comes in 308 as well. Yes, 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 it does come in 308 as well. Yes, uh, it shoots fireballs. I'm okay with that. Um, They didn't have a 308 there. I wonder how the how the accuracy is with such a short barrel, but I mean, there's a purpose for it too, right? I mean, absolutely. Thrown in a backpack, like holy cow, it's so tiny. Right. Um. I would have to say that to me was was really my oh wow moment. Yeah, it was the most interesting, right? Yes. Yes. And I mean, not to talk about just the aesthetics of it too, but like the uh, like the laser etched maple leaf on it, like it was just a yeah. Really it was it. There was, was a lot, lot of thought. Detail, right? Yeah, there was a thought, a lot of thought and engineering that's that's gone into their products, and it shows. All right. How about you, Amanda? Well, I think I was very much drawn to what I think should be our next purchase. So, uh, you and I have always talked about like a taking notes, Josh. Take notes. Yep. Nine, <laughs> nine millimeter carbine. So we ended up coming across a JR carbine um, from Maple Ridge Victory. Or I don't know. They don't make the JR carbine. No, they make they, accessories. Well, they had it there on their display, yeah. okay. right? Yeah. So they had it on their display. So it looked really cool. <clears throat> um, and there was a different version. It had a different fore end. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it, it was definitely neat. It was lightweight. I liked the... Um, like it had the M-lock right on the front. Yes. So, but the butt pad... An interesting like little carbine. Style one, yeah, they are. So I found it was nice and lightweight and much more balanced, whereas when I tried to... Uh, hold the one with the full buttstock. It was really heavy, and I didn't like it at all. It felt bulky, and I'm just like, I'm not going to enjoy this. So the one with the um, skeletal uh, butt pad was much nicer for me to hold, and I just felt like it was overall more balanced. So didn't feel like it was tipping everywhere. So. Well, I think we definitely need a 9 mil carbine. Well, I know we, we do. do. Yeah. I know. I've been leaning towards the Ruger, but I know. So I. I'm, o- I'm open. I'm open. I'm, I'm, I'm easy. Okay. The new gen should be okay. There was issues with the the first gen of the uh, GR carbines. Yeah. Okay, so we've got to make sure that's cool. The thing I like about the Ruger is that it, you're not you can use either the Ruger mags or Glock mags. So yes, that is cool. Yes. And I think the GR is just the Glock mag, which is fine. And those those are taken. It just means Josh that you've got to get a Glock. How am I going to do that? <laughs> not gonna get one now. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to. <laughs> yeah. All right, Josh. What about you? What what tickled your fancy? Well, back to the back to the Canuck booth, and it was not because of the calendar models. It was because of the guns. Yeah, the Duria TM22 I thought was really interesting. You know, I I kind of shy away from the tactical 22s, and I mean, no offense to Jeff because I know he loves his GSG, but it just, they feel plasticky to me, you know, and, and when I grabbed this, they are area, plasticky. it's all, it's all aluminum. And I, I thought it was great. You know, it felt really solid and heavy and I have no idea how it cycles or shoots, but I mean, just the look of it was awesome. And, uh, just the feel, the heft, I, I really liked it. It felt like a, more like a man's 22. <laughs> I don't know. It felt good. And, uh, then it's going to sound less like a man when I say the pretty colors that it comes in, but it comes in o- OD green, a really nice blue, and uh, there's the, uh, the the dark earth as well. Um, 
I don't know. It just, it really, it really called to me. And then it was funny, like the day after, like I'd never seen these before. And then the day after, I don't know if you saw Jeff, I think I tagged you in it. Clayton bought one on the Google Yes. Page. Yes. Yes. I did see there. that. It was like such a departure for him too, right? Like he's, right. he's a, you know, a classic 22 kind of guy. And he went and picked one of these up and he's like, wow, you know, and the, and the price point's not too bad. 550 bucks. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's got a built in Picatinny rail. It's ready to go. Throw a red dot on it and you're, and we haven't got one in the store yet so i haven't played with one no no let me let me know when you do <laughs> because i'm interested to hear your take on it i wouldn't mind a, a light 20 like i took i took my apple seed rifle to the range last week and i forgot how heavy it was yeah mm-hmm. and that's kind of what i was wondering if if this would be sort of a, a new maple seed rifle i can see that yeah. Yeah, I think that's that would be the key. But you know, you can put optics on it, and uh, mm-hmm. I think I think there's potential there. I have to admit, it's if I pick up another 22, which let's face it, I probably will. Uh, it's probably <laughs> going to be one of those. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I had uh, a couple of members I was shooting last week, and he just put a, a scope <gasps> on his out. Building a rifle for for maple seed, he just put a scope on it, and I'm looking at the rifle, and the rifle was beautifully designed. It was a, a Delask receiver. I forget mm-hmm. the name of the uh, the stock, but the stock was all aluminum. It's really light, had a tension uh, tension carbon fiber barrel. So the rifle itself, I'm guessing, just the way it sits, he had well over grand in the rifle. And then yes. he put the cheapest Amazon scope he could oh, find geez. from China <laughs> on it with this huge wheel, like, you know, those air gun scopes? Yes, and yes. Wheel and I, I'm, I'm looking at it, I, and, I, and even before I picked it up, I said, well, I can tell you right now it's the scope that's going to be your problem. It's not going to be the rifle. <laughs> I, I didn't even drive fire. I did drive fire. I didn't put a shot through the scope. I'm looking through it, and it's like it's like it's, the reticle's been etched with sandpaper, right? It's all smoky <laughs> yeah. and foggy. Yeah. It's like crap. So then I noticed the logo on the barrel, so I just – I grabbed the barrel and I give it a twist. Well, the barrel's loose. <laughs> oh, no. I said, well, that could be your problem. I said – I didn't take a good look at the barrel, but from the logo, I'm pretty sure it was a Butler Creek carbon fiber barrel. They're half decent. But as I'm turning yeah. the muzzle, the whole barrel is rotating in the sleeve. I said, well, you have to tighten the barrel. He goes, well, how do I do that? I said, you've never taken apart a 1022 before? He goes, no, I just bought it like this guy has a lot of money not a lot of common sense and i, I explained to him i said it's it's a v-block and i said you can just push it back in there get it really tight get a little lock tight and in this case i would use red lock tight mm-hmm. <laughs> unless you want to yes. keep it the way it is and 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 you're best to get like a, a tension what do you call it the um the wrench and just torque each screw whatever is recommended and it'll never move but yeah. i said whoever installed that barrel didn't lock tight it no, nope. the barrels were working loose, so that's why his, his groups were wandering. Never mind the crappy well, he, optics. He probably took his barrel out to clean it. I got a picture of that. I was going through my Facebook memories, and there's a picture of George cleaning his, his Savage 64 by the muzzle. So I'm cringing anyway. I mean, he's got the scope off on the table as he's cleaning the right. <laughs> 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 we're recording the show and he's describing what he's doing I said hold on hon you take that scope off every time you clean the rifle because weren't you supposed to no 
<laughs> hey, don't, don't you wonder where the impact is off every time you put the – well, it's only off a little bit. I just have to adjust a little bit. To, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we can't have a show without making fun of George, but let's move on. <laughs> Jeff, what was your favorite seminar? Um, again, I'm going to say yes. Give me all the seminars. Um, all of them. Uh, I attended four. All were different. And I learned from all four. Uh, let me qualify that. I'm not sure I've learned much from Master Ken, but I had a lot of fun watching them. Um, so Master Ken, M Gear, and their Filipino martial arts seminar. Boris from True North Tradecraft. Uh, Rod. Oh, I guess I did five. Um, and uh, Master Ken. So, yeah, it was uh, it was good. It was, well, that was the thing. Like, we went to sit down when, when we got there to watch you, and then we walked around for, like, five minutes. And then, oh, well, let's go back. We're going to go watch another seminar. <laughs> yes. 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 And that's, that's why I advocate for spending, you know, more than a day there. Well, yeah, and it's like Boris was talking about how the talk he gave, you know, Saturday wasn't the same one he gave Friday. So you can that's hear right. The same person talk, but hear something totally different. So. How about you, Amanda? Uh, definitely Rod from the CCFR. Uh, it was my first time hearing him in person. Uh, he's an excellent speaker, so uh, it was nice to, you know, see him go through a presentation. It wasn't a pre-recorded. Uh, video or anything like that so uh, I really enjoyed listening to him. He also handled the questions very well. I like how he handled the Bill Blair questions but it does kind of make me worried about our community a bit when a few of the questions are more about badgering the opponent rather than the content of the seminar. So here's Amanda's rant for the day. Okay? We all Buckle know <laughs> We all know Mr. Blair is not uneducated enough about our community and a typical politician when he is called out for his behavior he backpedals. So and uh, I know that we are in general very very angry, but Rod took a point to talk about how we have to let the nonsense that spit at us not affect us emotionally and take action in a civilized rational manner. And that is what we need to continue to do as a community. So, like, I really loved how he made that about something. So it was really, he was like, you know how many times I get mad about something? And if I reacted to everything that I did, where would we be? No, I got my time. I, you know, we were able to plan it out and I was able to execute something. And this is what we're doing every single day as part of the CCFR, especially when we're fighting in the courts. And, you know, we're, we're trying to come up with new ideas to inform and bring together our community. So he goes, this is what I'm doing. And basically, this is what you guys need to do. But here's on a smaller scale, right? And he gave, he gave people ideas. So, um, I re- yeah, so I really enjoyed listening to him. It was very good. So what about you, Josh? Well, going last again, you guys took my points, but that's fine. Rod, Rod from CC Bar, of course. Okay, and, uh, well, well, what about his talk? Uh, no, he was good. And, uh, yeah, you guys covered it. And Boris from True North Tradecraft. Uh, Tradecraft um, I've been following their Instagram for a while. Jeff, do you follow their Instagram? No, um, I barely look at Instagram, that stuff, so I need to. Yeah, 
it's it's pretty interesting the kind of stuff that they get into and they sell in the training courses. Um, first, like first time I actually saw one of the, like photographs from one of their courses was uh, Gavin actually took their their uh, uh, what do they call it when you the escape from the uh, uh, when you're tied up basically the kidnapping, <laughs> the kidnapping. Like, yeah, the, like yeah the, yeah yeah and and it was it was pretty neat to watch. Uh, and see all the photos. I really want to take one of those courses, but I mean, the, the cost is kind of up there. But I think the quality of, of uh, teaching is, is up there as well. So I mean, you're paying, you get what you pay for. Exactly. exactly, exactly. Yeah, definitely encourage everybody to to head over to their Instagram page and have a look at that and see the kind of stuff that they're doing. And Delta Two Alpha as well. Um, yes, I did buy my lockpick set from from them and uh, a few other little things here and there that I won't mention. But. Mm. Um, yeah, definitely took a lot from them, and uh, they're doing some interesting things. So, as I mentioned, TACCOM kind of renewed my interest in in, uh, in the sport and in the hobby. So I thought we'd take a little bit to talk about what we can do moving forward, since we kind of took the we all kind of took the summer off uh, to some degree here or there. Um, what are your plans for being more shooty? So I guess I'll start. Um, when I was at TACCOM, I actually, I, I was chatting a little bit with Andrew from Ragnarok at the show, and uh, he brought up some potential uh, for a new class that they're thinking of doing for some long-range shooting. Um, thinking about our club in, in specific, probably keep it at 22s, but I mean, all of the uh, fundamentals still apply, so it'd be kind of neat. He was thinking kind of like a class day and then a shooting day kind of thing, so looking at getting something like that brought to our club, and uh, that would be great. Day after that, I got a call from Benny. Yes, that Benny of New Shooter Canada and CPP. Um, he actually gave me a call, and he wants to be a match director at our club and do an IDPA-ish type event, kind of like we were doing at Guelph. Um, and he wants to try to help us bring that to Milverton. So I thought that was great. So he sent me a couple of stage plans, and uh, I'm going to draft something out and send that to the board and to the range committee and just make sure everybody's cool with everything. And we're going to pick a date near the end of October and uh, try to make that happen. And if it goes well, he's he's interested in doing more and, and making this a regular thing. So I thought that was pretty awesome because it's not something that I could do on my own. And uh, having him reach out was, was great. So hopefully that'll work. Uh, something I can do on my own. I was, I've been thinking about some, some 22 caliber matches uh, just for fun, club level stuff. Um, our Thursday nights haven't really been very well attended lately, so we're trying to come up with ways of how that could be more exciting and get somebody into it. So we're, we're thinking about maybe taking some Saturdays and doing some uh, race gun type stuff, just seeing how fast we can shoot 22 rifles and pistols. And uh, we can't, we can't, her club always has problems with steel. They don't want steel. They seem to find any reason they can to not let us shoot steel. So... We'll either have to do cardboard or actually Benny brought up a good point. Maybe uh, some clay targets might be fun because then it's like somewhat reactive, but it's not uh, not steel. But it's you know if you get some kind of reaction, it blows up. It doesn't go ding, but it blows up, so that's fun. So I thought we might try that. Um, I think for the new year, Amanda and I are definitely going to join the Clinton Club. Um, get more into clays. She's doing really awesome with that. You know, get her got all tuned up from from uh, Canuck and, and go from there. Um, I bought a turkey blind, so that made me kind of excited. So I went and bought a tag, and Jeff's allowing me again on his property, so that would be great. And uh, We'll have some fun with, fun with that. Yeah, yeah. So actually we're going to come and kind of 
clean out my old stuff from last year at Jeff's, maybe tomorrow. <laughs> I've, still got, I've still got my steaks and burlap up <laughs> from the last time. They're well so, camouflaged in the weeds. Yeah, yeah, so we'll get that tidied up and ready for the new, pick out a good spot. And uh, so I got my tag for the, for the 11th, October 11th. And uh, next weekend, kind of excited. Um, we'll talk more about it probably next episode, but uh, Jay, listener Jay, has invited us up to his club for a shooting weekend. Um, Mike, the Mike Hisson of Moosier, Canada, and Icor is going to teach a class, and uh, that's Saturday, and then Sunday we're going to try to shoot a little Icor match, so we'll see how that goes. Details to follow. How about you, Amanda? Well, like I mentioned, uh, being on the board hopefully involves more promoting and planning and events now that the summer craziness has passed, so hoping also some more shooting as well. So, like, I am excited for next weekend. I'm very, very nervous, though. I feel like I'm going to end up just watching a lot, but we'll see. Uh, so, do I or do I not get my art pal? Do I try? Are they even running courses? I don't know. Yes, so, I've been seeing yeah. some ads for them. Yeah. So you think I should get it? But, you know, a part of me was hesitating because of everything that's going on, but maybe I should just go ahead and try and do it because, again, Rod said, not everything is put in stone. Right. Right? And so... There's More, numbers. More numbers. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see. Uh, so probably something that I will end up doing. And I'm really looking forward. Uh, Milbert and Running Club, Gun Club uh, set up their breakfast shoots on weekends that we are child-free. I am so happy about that. So I'm I'm really excited to do that. So that'll be good. Not that we don't want to take our kids shooting. But... It's four is a lot. <laughs> I'm sorry. Taking four is a lot. Sometimes it's nice just to have quiet time with the hubby, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and it lets me... It lets me participate more because I can't. If the kids are there, I can't ever just do my thing, right? Because yeah. I'm always wondering what's going on with them. Even if someone's, oh yeah, I'll watch that, the kids. That's you the know. problem when you take somebody shooting is that they're shooting under your license every time. So yeah, yeah. yeah. You, ne- you never get to shoot yourself. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. What about you, Jeff? What are you gonna do? <clears throat> oh, gearing up for hunting season. Um. I was browsing around yesterday. I'm thinking about buying my own muzzle loader. Uh, I always borrow my cousins because um, he he keeps a couple because uh, they've got a muzzle loader season up in uh, what is that a four and up Kincardin uh, Glamis way. And so the first week of December is muzzleloader instead of a controlled hunt like we have down here. Uh, and I enjoy it. I just, I always use his rifles and I think I need to buy my own. I don't want to spend a fortune because it's something I'm only likely going to use one week a year. Um, I've used CBAs and wolves before, but uh, I'm trying to think. I don't, you know, I know how to work them. I know how to shoot them. I know how to load them. Uh, but I don't know a lot about them. Uh, I don't know what's good, what's bad, what's ugly. And I don't want to, again, I don't want to spend a fortune on. Sounds like a show topic. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I think the tradition, the tradition shotguns are actually gone out of business. Okay. 
So you're going to find a lot of those on sale right now because we, we've picked up a lot of stock at our store. I was so looking those, at your website and you only had traditions, I think, uh, yeah, when I was looking yesterday. Yeah. yeah there's, the, there's no Thompson centers around. Okay. We bought a lot of the traditions and so, so and they're reasonable for the price. Yeah. It looked like it. But yes, I was, I was on your website yesterday, uh, cruising around. But yeah, that's kind of, it's, um, I don't know, I, some talk of maybe a, a bear hunt, uh, as well. Uh, but it's going to be, uh, turkey, deer, possibly bear, not going to be moose because there's no tags. Uh, but then probably a lot of, uh, a lot of ducks and geese as well. You know, the most popular gun I sell has to be the uh, Savage 220 slug gun. Yeah. People use it for everything. Yes. To ask Thomas, I know you do a lot of gunny stuff, but what could you do to be more shooty? Try to get to the actual range by myself. Because I'm I'm there so much for work on my off time I don't really want to go to the range. <laughs> so, I, so like last weekend I I I I spent so much time I haven't done any shooting so actually I showed up about seven o'clock at night and I surprised quite a few of the members who're not used to seeing me there at that time of night. So no no I'm not working I I can never get to shoot so go ahead go ahead. don't worry about me just let me shoot leave me alone. Yeah there because go. I I prefer to go there. Um, like late, late when there's nobody there. I'll go there at 10, 11 o'clock at night when I have a place to myself because then I can actually shoot. Yeah. Because every time somebody has a problem and they have a question, they come and see me, which is no problem. But then it throws me off. Yeah. You're trying to do your thing, right? Yeah, you're, t- you're trying to practice your breathing. And usually I, my first target's always, I always screw up the first target. Then once I get into my rhythm, my second, my third target get really good. So I, I'm getting into this rhythm. And then you interrupt me, and I don't like it. But <laughs> but I'm going to be polite and say, yeah, what's a problem? I can help you. Yeah, no problem. But, you know, that's a, that's, that's the thing. When you when you work there, you're whenever you're there, you're still working. So Yeah. yeah. Well, you have to come down for another visit. And then Are you still? Are you shooting at our so I'm – Oh, he's outside having a cigarette. There he is. Are you still a member of Port Perry? No, unfortunately. But I, I did pick up an application to uh, to rejoin because that's where uh, Jeremy and I took the gun up. It was up to the Port Perry Club. And actually, I forgot to mention it. We did uh, one of their service rifle shoots. And uh, my friend Jeremy's absolutely pumped. He wants to join that club. And he wants he, he loved those two guys. He's, he'll fit right in that Port Perry Club. So he's getting a membership application there too. I know I'd like I miss the outdoor range. I miss having that hundred yard range just to plink with my twenty two. So I might rejoin. And I'm the other shooty thing is I'm trying to take on a lot more uh coaching. So I've got four or five students right now that I'm rotating through. So it gives me I'm I'm setting them up on Sunday. So I'm working Friday, Saturday, and any of the coaching stuff I'm doing the side on Sunday, and actually the guy that I bought the 320, he's got me booked for two hours tomorrow, so. Nice. Very good. And that pays for my knife money and ammo money. <laughs> Always important. Well, gentlemen, 
that's, that, that's about it. That was about it. Yeah. You know what? At least we had something to talk about. Well, it's been so long. We I should. know we should. So. Um, events. I just I threw I threw one in there. I just for the one for next weekend. I didn't really know what else to put in there. I won't read through the whole thing. You can look at the show notes and you can you can join the Huronia Club page Facebook page. Uh, Revolver weekend with Mike Hisson of New Shooter Canada. Champion. Yeah. I Court Champion. Okay, what do you I mean? noticed that. Champion. champion. What do you say? I Court Champion Mike Hisson and, and the New Shooter Canada podcast team. So, you know, it's just those other podcasters. Mike Hisson and that, those other podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> but, whatever. Well, he did that's very cool. well. That's fine. It's okay. Yeah. So that's, that's next weekend. So yep. you can look for details on that. And uh, list your email. I don't think we have any. Uh, please send any feedback, questions, or comments you may have to host at newshittercanada.ca, our Facebook or Instagram page, or in our comment section on our website at newshittercanada.ca. Don't forget to like us on Facebook or Instagram and leave us a, content, a comment on our, and rating on iTunes. Closing comments, anybody? Let's get shooting. <laughs> yep. We need to do get, it. Get her done. Get her done. <laughs> Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Thomas, do you have any shout-outs? I do. Actually, I have a shout-out to uh, my friend and co-worker Sam and Alex. There was uh, had a, a young member come in. Uh, she's a Toronto police officer, but she's only an associate member, so she has to pay per shoot. So I, um, I talked her into upgrading to the mid-level, and I was going to do some coaching with her, but she really wants – holster time with a level three retention holster and i'm not qualified to teach her that but i know two guys that are two of the top shooters in, in the police force that practice continually uh quick toss with level two or level three retention holsters so i hooked her up with uh sam and alex and uh, i'm so grateful for them to giving uh, my friends some training so it's nice and uh, when a police officer get requests actual extra training gets it so soon she said she That's wants good. to get training for work I said, yeah, no problem. I'll hook you up with some people. Because they only have to qualify once a year. And it's really hard for them to get extra range time. So the fact that she wanted to practice, I thought was fantastic. So I hooked her up with some good instructors. So shout out to uh, those guys for helping me out. I appreciate it. How about you, Jeff? Uh, I have to say the organizers and exhibitors at TapCon. Thank you. Um we need more sh shows like this in Canada, and this is certainly the premier show. Uh, we need to keep promoting, and uh, they did an awesome job. Everyone that, that was there um, worked their butts off, long days. Uh, but as you can tell from Josh, Amanda, and I, they did a good job. They did a great job. The only thing I didn't like was it was in Toronto. <laughs> uh, I have to agree with that, but... <laughs> um, yeah, I much preferred it in Ajax. <laughs> it was a ten minute drive from my house. <laughs> but you know, I I agree with Jeff. Shout out to those guys because they had all that money tied up, and then so and all of a sudden it was just it was stuck for two years. And then the yeah. the industry was hit so hard with COVID. It's sort of a a, a mixed blessing what's happening with the handgun sales because this Trudeau's little ban has really helped a lot of these smaller stores recover from the last two years. Absolutely. Because we're, 
the sales have been through the roof, absolutely through. Like I mentioned once before, normally I might sell three or four Desert Eagles a year. I sold 75 Desert Eagles in like, in like two, <laughs> week, two the, weeks, right? The only problem is, the only problem is then what? Well, then they discovered that they bought the wrong Desert Eagle. They bought the U.S. New York State legal one with the aluminum frame. And then they're going to realize why it's a nasty gun to shoot. And they'll never be able to sell it because of the ban. Yeah. Well, I'm then looking, we just hope I'm, for, we just hope for a new looking, government. I'm looking at these things and I'm going, that's not right. And I look at no. New York legal. Oh, that's going to suck. Because what they did to ban them in New York State, they based it upon weight. Not the size of the gun, or the caliber, the weight. So the 50 BMG, or A&E, sorry, in a pistol is rather heavy. So they made yes, it with it aluminum is. frame. Oh, and man. And even with the steel frame, it's a, it's a, it's a handful with the steel frame and shooting gloves. It's going to be like hitting a concrete pole with a baseball bat with aluminum frame. <laughs> it will be, because I've, I've shot the 44. Uh, the original one, uh, and yeah, it kicks like a mule. I can't but imagine. Com- but it's I can't imagine aluminum. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. Like I, I could shoot it. I was 18 years old, not all that experienced at the time, and I was shooting it. Yeah, I got to play with uh, Jazz's brother Mario had the steel one, and we had the gong set up at 50 yards at the charity shoot and it was no worse than shooting my 1911. Yeah. It was just, it had a decent trigger on it. And with the gap being gas operated, it was so much nicer than like a model 29 revolver in 44. Yes. So yes, but I've had a couple guys say, Hey, teach me how to shoot it. It's like, I'll teach you, but I'm not shooting it. <laughs> <laughs> Lesson number one, buy some impact gloves. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to shout out to Jeff. Welcome aboard. Wow, thank you. The, the crew. We gotta, we gotta come up with some hazing things. I don't know. <laughs> I, I guess. Well, I no, guess, no, no, bring no, it no, on. You know, you know, bring it on. You know, you know, I gotta get George on here because I remember I popped on the show. I probably had been on two or three episodes, and then George comes on for an episode, and he goes, "Who are you?" Why are you here? What makes you qualified <laughs> to be here? And I'm like, um, uh, <laughs> I'm new. I am a new shooter. And is that what the yeah, show is called? Isn't new that shooter? what it's called? Is new shooter? And he goes, well then. <laughs> it was funny. Hey, but come on. I, I had George at that moment at, uh, at Josh's birthday when I went. Wait a minute. Yeah. Are you George? Because I'm Jeff. And I know your voice. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And, you know, I, I guess we should shout out um, New Shooter Canada's I-Core champion, Mike. <laughs> oh, we have to talk about that? He yeah, did very yeah. well. He did very well. Yes. I think Jay did very That's well, awesome. too. Yes, absolutely. So. Yes. Yeah, I think we're, we'll be in good hands next week. I think so. It'll be a lot of fun. I'm jealous. Kidnap Thomas and bring him up there. We got the pop-up tent trailer. You can come. When are you going up? 
Friday night. Yeah. yeah, Friday night. Well, I told him if I'd come, it would be Saturday night. Um, and then Sunday, because I work Saturday. Match on Sunday. So you'd be, yeah, match on Sunday then. So. Yeah, watch a, watch an old blind guy try to use open sights in a street hit piece up. All right. All right, well, why don't you take us on out of here, Thomas? Until next week, keep your barrels pointed downrange and smoking. Go ahead and shoot like a girl. Choose your caliber wisely. Jeff, do you have a tagline? Left-handed people are in their right mind. There you go. Love it! Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. I really like 22 now. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or feedback you may have, or if you just want to call shenanigans. You can contact us at host at newshootercanada.ca or through our Facebook page. The way they look, I like the shiny steel and the polished wood. I don't care if they're big or small, they're for sale till I want them all. I like guns, I like guns, I like guns.